0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And again, welcome to this incredible new series. We're going to take a look at the life of Joseph and others and take a look at how they had to pass certain character tests in order for God to bring their dreams to pass. And some of you are listening, you might say, I don't have any dreams, or I could have titled this destiny because you all have a destiny in God. Psalm 139 declares that before you were born, God wrote in a book all the things he created you to do in his kingdom and outside his kingdom on this earth. And those are dreams, right? I could have called it destiny, but dreams is a little more exciting, so we decided to call it dreams. And uh, in order for our dreams to come to pass, we have to pass these character tests. But if you're listening, you say, I don't have any dreams. I don't know what you're talking about. This series will help you hear what's in here and understand what your dreams are. So it's going to help you in that way. Some of you might say, I've been wandering in my wilderness for so long and it's like these dreams will never come to pass. I'm gonna show you what you can do to help them come to pass. Some things just don't happen overnight, but sometimes it's just we haven't passed certain character tests. And what's really cool is we'll look at the life of Joseph and look at the test he had to pass and he failed some, but here's what's cool about God. We don't really fail a test where he writes F on on the test, you know. Um, it's an open book test, and we never fail. We can keep taking it. So to fail a test means you just have to pass it eventually. And some people they go decades without passing the character tests we're going to look at, and this is going to help you understand why you're like the children of Israel, just wandering in that wilderness so much. And then I thought of two groups of people. I thought of younger people. And then I thought of those that have retired and up. And those are the two groups of people that think, well, God wouldn't give me a dream, I'm too young, or God's not gonna give me a dream, he's not gonna give me a, a something to do for him or something to do, I'm too old. And I wanna address these two groups of people, because that's not true. God's gonna keep giving you dreams. Once you fulfill one, he's going to give you another one. If you've never fulfilled one, maybe you just accepted Christ. Uh, He's got dreams waiting for you, and you're never too old, and you're never too young. And what has to happen is we have to pass these character tests. A friend of mine sent me this study, the New England Journal of Medicine. Take a look at it. An extensive study in the US by the New England Journal of Medicine found that the most productive age in human life is between 60 and 70. Did you know that? That's amazing. The second most productive stage of the human life is from 70 to 80 years of age. And the third most productive stage is from 50 to 60. I would have put 50 to 60 first, but it's third. And look at these ages. And so if if you bought into the lie that God's done with you, I hope this study helps you to begin to see that's not true. And this is a serious medical journal. This This is a serious study by some really educated folks, and they just studied America. Here, here's some of the things. The average age of a Nobel Prize winner is 62 years of age. The average age of the presidents of prominent companies all around the world is 63 and the average age of pastors of the 100 largest churches in the USA is 71. Isn't that crazy? That means some are older, some are younger. And we, we, most of us come to know the skinny jean guys that are really famous, you know, out there. And, and, and they're cool, and, that, and that's good. But there are pastors you never heard. There's churches of 40,000, 50,000 all over the South. Texas probably has 50 of them. And the, these are just churches you never heard of these guys but they're successful. Now, here's why I read this. If you're older, I just want to make sure you don't give up. And you realize there's dreams God has for you. Remember, Abraham was 75 when God appeared to him and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. That's a dream. He gave him a dream at 75. And Moses was 80 when God came to him in a burning bush. And he said, I'm gonna use you to deliver my people, 80 years old. So it's good to retire. If you can retire, go for it, man. It's nice not to have that ball and chain of having to clock in, right? But don't think God's done with you. But young people, young people, listen. It's very important for you to know that David was 15 when Samuel came and anointed him king of Israel. He was 17 when he killed Goliath. Can you imagine that? Just a teenager (laughs) killed Goliath. And he was 30 when he actually became king, but between 15 and 30, he gathered this huge army and group of people in the wilderness and he led them as a teenager. Jeremiah was 17 years old when God said, I've called you to be a prophet to the nation. 17 years of age, and he was a major prophet. The Old Testament has minor and major prophets. The minor prophets have a couple pages, and they were like over a, a region, like the Mahoning Valley. I'm the prophet to the Mahoning Valley. You know, uh, the major prophets were prophets to the nations. Jeremiah 17. God began to use them as a prophet to the nations. King Solomon was 20 when he became king, and he was so famous and so good as king. The Bible says he so prospered Israel that silver became as common as stones. I like to say it this way they mulched their shrubs with silver when he was. How many of you are mulching your. Silver is a very valuable metal today because they use it in electronics. But I just want you to think about that. These guys were young and they were successful. And then all of us in between, I'm not leaving you out. Uh, God's given us dreams. And so don't you allow the enemy to lie to you and say God's finished with you because he's not finished with you. And if you don't know what these dreams are, this series will help you bubble them up because as you begin to pass these tests, God will open your heart and eye furthers to these things. So I have a big idea for this lesson. It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. God will test us as life comes at us to determine if he can promote us. So so take a look at that. Promoting us would be our dreams coming to pass and all those things. But notice, as life comes at us, that's all the storms of life. And this life will slap us upside one, one side of our face, the other. This life can be cruel, right? And as life's coming at you, guess what God's doing? He's testing your character. God tests us as life comes at us. And whether we pass those tests or not, and remember, you can't fail them like a test in school. You're just gonna wander like Israel in the wilderness, right? But if you can pass these tests, God's gonna promote you, and these dreams will begin to come to pass. Some have timing, but if we don't pass these character tests, God will never allow them to come to pass. I'll show you one way they can come to pass without you passing these character tests in a moment, but you don't want it to happen that way, right? You do not want it to happen that way. So there's a text in the New Testament. God used the apostle Paul to write it. He gave him the words to the church at Corinth. It's an incredible text. And what they're doing is they're going back to Israel when God delivered Israel out of Egypt. Remember they wandered 40 years in the wilderness? remember that? But God was ready to let them in after less than a year. Remember the 12 spies went in? They could have went into the land of Canaan, their dream, their promised land, a land of milk and honey with grapes, huge grape clusters, and fertile land, and pasture land, and they could have went in there in less than a year after God delivered them, but they failed 10-character tests, not the first, just the first one, they failed 10, and... Paul, by God, writes it into the New Testament. And he shows us how to interpret these Old Testament stories. We're supposed to learn from them. And so I wanna read them because it shows us how important character tests are. And remember, 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. They just circled this area in the desert land and in the wilderness. And God said, this generation that came out, they will not go in, but your children will go in. Do you know what that's a type and shadow of? You and I renewing our minds and getting rid of our bad thinking because God cannot fulfill our dreams till we get rid of our bad thinking. So uh, listen to 1 Corinthians 10.1. I don't want you to forget. So this is what he's about to say is really important. He doesn't want us to forget. Dear brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. And here's the next couple of verses. Here's all he's saying. You know how when we accepted Christ, we're water baptized, right? And we partake of the body of Christ through communion. He's saying they had their own type of conversion, different than us. But when they went through the Red Sea, that was a type of water baptism for them, and they all went through it. And that cloud that followed them and the pillar of fire, it's all a type of them coming to God. And, And he wants us to know, hey, your ancestors did that. If you've accepted Christ, you've been grafted in to Israel. So we're not the nation of Israel, but we're spiritual Israel. We're one with uh, Israel, and these promises are for us. That's why they're called our ancestors. He's writing to non-Jews. Corinth was full of non-Jews. They're people like us that weren't Jewish, but he's saying, they're your ancestors now. And he says, I don't want you to forget what happened to them. And listen to verse five. It, It says, yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And I really believe, I know in my life in certain areas, I've been wandering in my own wilderness in some areas, and you just sometimes don't realize, I've got to pass this test before I get out of this part of the wilderness, right? And that might be happening with some of you. Some of you may be doing great, and that's awesome. But notice what it says, God wasn't pleased with them. You know, the New Testament talks about us living a life that's pleasing to God. And so we're saved by grace. We can't work our way to heaven, and we live a life that's pleasing. That just means we pass these character tests, and it's how he promotes us, right? It's how he lifts us up, and those dreams come to pass. Now listen to verse 6. These things happen as a warning to us. So we should read these Old Testament. It's an example. It's a warning so that we would not crave evil things as they did. So sin is still sin, even in the New Testament, right? Jesus paid the price for our sin, but God wants us to pass these character tests or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we don't, I would say the majority of us listening, Borman here, guys at TCI Correctional Facility, we're not bowing down to statues. But you know, the New Testament says an idol is anything we make more important in our life than God. And I can tell you in my life, idols keep trying to creep up, you know? It could be all kind of good things. And so I have to keep saying, no, you you get down there, God has to be the most important thing. So it's still wrong to worship an idol, right? Listen to this, verse eight. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Now. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. How many of you are excited we're redeemed from the curse of the law? How many of you are excited Jesus took our punishment, right? Yay! So when you fail these character tests... God's not gonna kill you, you know, but you'll wander and wander and wander and wander. And we have a lesson called the purity test. Joseph had to pass the purity test, and we have to pass it. Verse nine, nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. Now, we're not gonna die from real snake bites, but the snake does bite us, right? The devil's called the snake, and he does bite us. But you know what it means to put God to the test? This is what it means. And I have it in a future lesson. We'll talk about it in detail. But to put God to the test means you say, God, where were you? God, why did you leave me down? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't this happen? And, and, and God wants us to pass the trust test too. There's a trust test. We're not dealing with the trust test in this series, but I'm throwing it in right now. Joseph trusted God too. And, and, and then notice this. Uh, I struggle with this one really a lot. And don't grumble as some of them did. And then we're destroyed by the angel of death. I'm glad the angel of death doesn't come and visit me, but I can grumble, you know. That's like, you know, Gina and I have a a little spat. That happens every now and then. And uh, I walk away like, she can't hear me, but I'm grumbling, like, you know, I'm upset. It's when you're upset and you're grumbling about this and you're grumbling about that. and And the Bible says they did that and it wasn't good. God wants us to pass these character tests. And then listen to verse 11, it nails it down. These things happen to them as examples for us. So that's why we we look at these Old Testament stories. We wanna learn from them. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So you know, if it was the end of the age when this was written, we're a lot closer to the coming of Jesus, and I think as we look at some of the world events and what's going on, Uh, we're we're at the end of the age. I don't know when Jesus will come. I have no idea, but it's closer than it was yesterday, right? And so uh, it happened to them as examples. It's written down for us to warn us. So what's it saying to us? You can wander in your wilderness for a long time if you don't pass these character tests. That's all it's saying. Does God love you? Yeah, he loves you as much as anyone on the planet. He still loves you whether you pass these tests or not, but you're under the grace of God. You can pass them with the grace of God, but you have to pass them. And, and then the next verse, it's the final verse in this section. And I love it because God never lets us in a down mode, you know, because these are tough scriptures, you know, bitten by snakes and all that. These are tough. Uh, but I love how God ends it, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And he's referring to them in the wilderness, everybody else. Everybody has tough times, right? We all have tough times. But it goes on, it says, and God is faithful. What's God faithful to do? God's not bringing your problems, but God holds your hands stirring them, and he's faithful, he helps you walk through them. And God is faithful, listen to this, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can take or stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure I'm telling you, this is one of the most exciting scriptures in the Bible. Here's why. You ready? I remember years ago, I saw it, and I thought, whoa, this is awesome, because I was saying, God, this is too hard for me, and God, I can't. God, why is life so tough? And God, this test is harder than any test, and I don't think I'm strong enough to pass this test, God. Oh, oh life is so bad. And, and and then I saw this, and you know what God just said in this verse? I want you to think about what he just said. He said, I will not allow anything to come at you. No storm will come at your life that's stronger than you are. Because he's not bringing it, but he'll say, oh, Nelly, Joe's not that strong. You can only hit him this hard. You can't hit him any harder. He's not strong enough to overcome it. But Joe can overcome this, and I'll make a way of escape for Joe or for whoever, right? And so what is he saying? There's nothing we're going through that we're not strong enough to handle. And you know who wants to tell us we we aren't strong enough? Our enemy the devil. He wants to tell you you're not strong enough. And one of the words I hate more than any other word, I hate it, is suicide. And when I hear about people committing suicide at any age, it makes me so angry. And you know why they do it? They're hopeless. And a little voice tells them, your life can't be better. You can't overcome this. You can't change this. And God's saying that is not true. If you're a Christian, there's nothing that can ever keep you down, and there's nothing you can't overcome. And that's what you want to see in this verse. Hey, it may seem bleak and terrible and bad, but you're stronger than it is. You may need some folks to help you, and that's cool. You may need some professional help, whatever it is, but it is not stronger than you are, and you can overcome. And I want you to understand that. So, We can pass every character test as we go through the test of life. So I came up with three purposes for tests. So we know our big idea, right? God will test us as life comes at us to determine if he can promote us. But here's the first purpose for test, you ready? God tests our hearts to determine at what level he can reward us. And this one's important. What level can he reward us? so while you're being tested, God's testing your heart. You know, the Bible says this, pretty interesting. It says, "Just as gold and silver are put in that pot and put over a flame, and you know how they heat gold and silver, and it brings the impurities to the top, and then they just scrape off the impurities. The Bible says, that's why God tests your heart. And as you go through trials, He's wanting to work impurities out of you and grow your character. And so it's important to know that's what's happening. He's checking to see if our hearts are growing and if our character's growing. And I like what Jeremiah 17 10 reads. Jeremiah might have been 20 at this time. I, the Lord, search minds and I test hearts. I will reward each person for what he has done, I will reward him for the results of his actions, and I love this. God tests our hearts to determine at what level he can bless us, and that reward could be your dream coming to pass. It could be future rewards in heaven. It could be other rewards on this life, but what is it that God's doing? He's looking at your character, and he's saying, have they passed this test yet? Have they grown in this area yet? So as we go through trials, don't get lost just on the trial. Focus on the fact I need to pass this test. And I need to walk through this with a good attitude. I need to walk through this in the right way. And I'll show you that as we go through the series. I have one lesson called the prison test, and we'll show you what to do when you're being tested. It's going to be a lot of fun coming up in the future. Here's the second one. God allows tests to grow our character. And this is really, really important. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, Whenever trials, tests, bad times come into your life, rejoice, sounds kind of weird. But it goes on to say this, for you know. So you have to know something to rejoice. So you're not thanking God for your trouble. I, I don't thank God for the problems in my life, but I rejoice because I know God's not bringing it. God's gonna help me walk through it, but it's going to build my muscles. It's going to grow my character. And the very next verse, verse three says, because the trying of your faith Gross character. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's what it says. It grows your character. So if you were to ask me, why does God allow tests? It's to grow our character. And that's one of the purpose of all these tests. And while we're, we're going through it, God's testing our hearts. And I alluded to this near the beginning. There are some pastors, all kinds of people, secular, spiritual, that are really successful at what they do, but then they have huge failures, huge failures. It could be a small church, big church, or it could be business, it could be careers, and people have these huge failures. And the last couple years, we've watched some pastors fall morally, and people always ask me, how could they be so good and fall? And, And here's what I wanna say to you, it's really important. Sometimes people's gifts are stronger than their character. In other words, they're so gifted, and their gift is so strong, they can succeed without God's help. Just think of what they would do if God, wasn't, God was helping them, right? But some people are just that gifted. And so uh, there's business people like that. There's pastors like that. And they're so gifted that they grow big churches just with their gift. And they're dynamic. But if their gift is bigger than their character, they're always going to fall. Always, They'll always fall. Small church, medium church, big church. And I prefer it this way. I'm just being honest. My gift's not that great. I needed God's help, so <laughs> everything I do is with God's help. So my character has to be there before God will help me and open doors and give me some success. And so it kind of works for me. Uh, I think it's important. Let me show you God's end game. Ephesians five one. We come to God as sinners, but He wants to transform our habits. Attitudes and practices, that's our character. So God's end game, we come to him not knowing Jesus, we accept Jesus, we're washed in the blood, all those beautiful things. What's his goal? He wants to transform our habits, attitudes, and practices into the ways of Jesus. He wants us to begin to live and act and react like Jesus, to live, forgive, and love as Jesus did. The Voice Bible did a great job with this. It's a paraphrase, but I thought they did a great job with the Greek language on this verse, so that's why I used it. But it's important for us to understand when we go to heaven, we're going to be rewarded for some things I think that will surprise us. And the things that we think we'll be rewarded to or for, we we won't. And I heard one pastor say, he does a lot of leadership and a guy I really love. And he said, you know, pastors, when you get to heaven, God's not going to reward you for the size of your church. He doesn't even care. He's going to reward you for how Christ-like you were and how you loved his sheep and his people. And I think that's true in the secular world. I think it's true everywhere. And so it's important for us to understand God allows tests to build our character. So I heard a story, and it's so perfect for right now. Uh, There was a safari in Africa, and enclosed safari guide, windows, and they're going through Africa, and there's a giraffe standing there, and the safari guy stops, and he says, "Uh, guys, This is a mother giraffe. She's going to give birth. And they're like shocked because she's standing up. And they go, when's she going to lay down? He goes, they don't lay down. And they're like, really? They're like in shock. Then the baby comes out and it drops 10 feet because their loins are high, right? It drops 10 feet. Can you imagine a baby coming out and dropping 10 feet? And it just lays there. So they're aghast, like, what a bad mommy. And he said, no, every giraffe everywhere stands up and gives birth. And every baby falls 10 feet. Every baby giraffe, they all fall 10 feet. But here's what was crazy, the baby just laid there like it was knocked out or something. The mom backs up, she walks up to the baby, kind of a trot, and she kicks it, and it goes tumbling over. Now they're really aghast, and it's just laying there. They're like, how can she be so cruel? The tour guide said, every mama giraffe does that. And so she comes back, and the baby's not moving, and she kicks it again, and it tumbles again. God, they're like blown away. This can't be right. No, every mama giraffe does that. Then the baby begins to stand, but it's going so slow. She kicks it again, knocks it halfway out of the stands and it rolls over and then it gets up and now it's all the way up and it begins to walk and move and everybody's shocked. Like he says, this is normal. And he said, here's why. There's going to be predators chasing the herd, maybe today. And that baby giraffe, if it can't, if it can't keep up, it will be taken by a predator because mama's not strong enough to protect it from a predator. It has to learn to run. And so what seems like cruelty is actually an, a, an act of kindness. And sometimes as we go through, through things in this world, we, we ask the question, why God? Why are you allowing this to go on so long? Why is this happening? And guys, what God's wanting to do while you're going through that is give you a grace to walk through it, help you get through to the other end, but he also wants you to build your character. And it's time for us to say, you know what? How can I react the right way? How can I grow my character in this way? So that's number two. Here's number three. Number three goes like this. God allows, uh, or God tests our obedience so he can fulfill our dreams. And this is a test We're just gonna talk about it today, but Joseph passed it, the obedience test. And God will test to see whether we'll listen to him or not when he gives us direction. And and I've failed that many a time, but you know what? Eventually, I have to do it. Eventually, I have to follow his direction and pass this test. There's a story in the Bible about Abraham. Remember, God said, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. Then he eventually had Isaac. Now, Isaac has grown up. And God comes to him and asks him to do the unthinkable. And us pastors avoid it like the plague. It's so awkward that I didn't teach on it for decades. And I remember one year I was reading through my Bible and I got to Hebrews and I saw something that never stood out to me before. And and it helped me understand this story. So now I talk about it because it's no longer awkward. It is awkward, but I understand it. So two things you wanna understand. God came to Abraham and said, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. That means put him on an altar and literally kill him as a sacrifice to me. That's awkward. And none of us can even ever think of that. And and, and God will never tell you to do it. It was a one-time deal, right? But listen, guys, here's here's what happened. First of all, God appeared to Abraham face-to-face. And it was Jesus, God the Son, before he was born as a baby and came into a human body. He literally appeared to him. So you understand this is God. And then some angels were there. So he's seen these 20-foot angels with their wings. This is supernatural. God did supernatural things to prove he was God to Abraham. And so it's not like you and I saying, I sense, I think God's directing me to go right or left. No, no. This is Abraham having espresso with Jesus. Jesus looking at him said, "I want you to sacrifice your son." So, this is the God who created the universe. He knows this is the God that took dirt and made Adam and Eve. That's number one. Here's the second thing you want to understand. Hebrews 11:17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. He was testing his obedience. Abraham, who had received the promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Verse 18. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, Abraham reasoned, that means in his head, he calculated, here's what he calculated, that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again, and in a sense, Abraham did receive him, his son, back from the dead. So here's all he's thinking, well, you made Adam and Eve. You're God, I see you go, and I see you come, and I see the angels, you're God, you did this, you did that for me, okay, I get it, God. I get it. You gave dreams to this king and he blessed me with all these things. Gave dreams to another king when I messed up and said, Sarah was not my wife. You did all these supernatural things. I I trust you'll just bring them back to life. So it's a one-time deal, right? But how many things has God put in our hearts or how many things has he blessed us with that if he asked us, not our kids now, we're not, that's one-time deal to lay that on the altar would we be willing to? It's called the obedience test, right? And it could be anything. And so what happened was he goes to do what God asked him to do and an angel stops him. says, stop. And then there's a lamb in the bushes and God said, I'll, I'll supply the sacrifice. That's a type of Jesus. And then the angel went on to say some things to him. And what's crazy is God made the promise that he would bless him. He gave him the dream 20 years before. And then... Here's where God said, now I'm gonna really do it. Isn't that crazy? We can have a dream, but God's waiting for our character to grow before he can really do it in some of our lives. And so listen to what the angel said, Genesis 22, 15. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and not withheld uh, even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that. So he's saying, now I'm gonna bring promises from 20 years ago. Now I'm bringing them to pass because you passed the obedience character test, right? And it says, uh, verse 17, I will certainly bless you. I promised it. Now it's going to come to pass. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and, and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer cities, the cities of their enemies. Now listen to verse 18. And through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed all because you obeyed me. And so the dream is one thing 20 years earlier, and and I have some dreams that I'm waiting to come to pass too. And sometimes it's a timing issue. But then on top of that, guys, what's really important is sometimes that obedience test or some of these other character tests we'll talk about, if we don't pass them, God's not gonna bring certain things to pass. And that's important for you and I to understand. Now, I don't wanna leave this on a down note Because sometimes we have to talk about serious stuff, right? So I don't want to leave it on down note. I want to give you one scripture that, to me, is so exciting. It's so amazing. It is an incredible scripture. And so some of you are listening, and maybe you failed a few tests. You're sitting here feeling guilty. Remember, no perfect people are allowed at believers. So you can't come here if you're perfect. And all of us are growing. That's all it means. We're growing. We're growing, right? And we're growing our character. We're growing everything in our lives. That's what God's doing inside of us. But we have failures, we mess up, and sometimes we think God's done with us, Uh, you think this thing's too bad, there can't be life after this, there can't be life after this loss, that loss. And here's one of the most encouraging scriptures in the Bible, and it reads like this, Romans 8, 28. And we know, you need to know this as a Christian, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The last one, if you've accepted Jesus, you love God. Obviously, you saved my soul and you are called. He has a calling on your life. So the first part is for you. And it says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. No matter what you did, your failure, no matter what you're going through right now, God's saying, I'm going to bring that dream to pass. I don't care what's coming at you. I'm going to grow your character. I'm going to grow you. And I promise you, I'll bring those dreams to pass. And that's something to be excited about. So over in Borman, guys at TCI Correctional Facility here in Warren, online in the chatty rooms, man, can, can we say thank you, Jesus, and give it up? Oh, we love you, Jesus, that you're able to do and bring these dreams to pass. And for some of you, the dreams are going to come to life as you begin to realize how important these character tests are. I can tell you for years, my first 10 years of my Christian walk, part of them I pastored, part of those 10 years, Um, I didn't realize how important this was, but it's really, really important. Let's close our eyes bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening in Borman, all the guys at TCI, correctional facility at our campus, everyone online, everyone in this room, everyone on demand in the future. Lord, thank you. And Lord, we wanna take a moment and we just wanna say we, we lay our lives down on the altar and we say you own us, we belong to you. We're willing to give anything and everything up to pursue the dream you gave us, Lord. And Lord, thank you for helping us understand more clearly the purpose of storms and the purpose of you testing us. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, here's my prayer. As we go through the week, show us where there's some tests we need to pass. As we go through this series, show us some tests we need to pass and give us the grace to do it. And I thank you for that, Lord God. Maybe you're listening now in Borman, maybe online, maybe TCI, maybe here in the room. You're not sure if you're forever. So right now, here's what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all good things. I'm not asking you what you believed when you walk in here. Maybe you weren't even sure God existed. I'm not asking any of those questions. Here's the most important question in all the universe. What have you done with Jesus? That's the most important question. There is no more important question. What have you done with Jesus? Why? Because he's the savior of all mankind, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but God will give you eternal life. And it's important for us to understand, it's not just this life. We go on after this life, and there's two addresses we go to. One's down, one's up. We wanna go to the up address, and we can only go through Christ. And whoever believes in him, God will save them. That's why Jesus died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. So as you're listening, if you say, Pastor Joe, I don't know why. This is strange, but I actually believe that. I'll tell you why. Only Jesus can open your eyes up, and he just did. That's exciting. And I want to ask you, I want to join me and join us. We're going to pray. So can we help them pray, those that are praying this for the first time? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. So this day... I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You're the only way to heaven. God raised you up out of that grave. I receive you as my Savior today. Thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Now, Father, I ask that your grace would come upon these dear people in Father, their lives will grow and change in God. And I thank you for it, Lord God. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram, or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.